Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie Mona Bona. <laughs> Maddie Mona Bona D, sorry. <laughs> Almost oh screwed up there. How, how am I going to go? All right, uh, th- thank you. And Oliver, why does Oliver get to use his phone in class and we don't? He is autistic, dude. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Mona Bona. <laughs> wow, straight out of the gate. Mona Bona. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So <laughs> I forgot about that too. I completely forgot about that. Matty D is currently sitting over there stimming like mad. Put that away, Matty D. No one needs to see that. Yeah, you're right. Did you remember stimming? Yeah, because it's a real thing that it's people a, it's do. It's a real thing that so people do. Anyway, not make sorry. fun of it. So, presumably you've listened to one of our shows before because you still wouldn't be with us at this point if this was your first episode. But by chance, if this happens to be one of your first episodes, what are you doing here? This is one of our actual spoilers episodes where we go back and look at a movie we've covered in the past and see how well we got to predicting the plot. So you very much need to have heard that original episode. And on that same note, you need to have seen the movie to really understand what we're talking about. But if you don't really care, welcome and feel free to stick around. So what we typically do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before going and watching the movie and seeing how well we did. So, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas right now, Matty D is going to be so excited, we can run out and see it together. In cinemas right now is Black Adam. There's a big thing with Black Adam. Yeah, his name's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. He stars yep. in the movie. Yep. What are you trying to say? I think it'll be a conversation for another time. Okay, two years in the future. Look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Or at least until we see the movie, presumably after this episode. We're not here to talk about Black Adam this week. Instead, we're here to talk about the 2020 horror movie, Come Play, or Come Play. You heard that right. So, Matty D, let's get down to it. How much do you think Come Play made in the worldwide box office? You're still not mature. <laughs> how much How much did they make? How much do you reckon Come Play made in the worldwide box office? Two buckets full. Two buckets full of what? Vomit from the audience? <laughs> uh, look, I Those think- Those little plastic- Can I hear the budget? Sticky hands that you slap <laughs> against the wall? Actually, I don't need to hear the budget. This was probably done on three bucks. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that it made- It had a $9 million budget, by made the way. Eight, eight mil. Didn't make $8 million. It made $13.2 million. Now, before you say, that sounds all right. It does not. They spent $9 million making the movie. They also spent another $9 million just on advertising. On advertising? Yeah, that's right. So, they spent $18 million on this movie in total, approximately, and they made $13.2 million. Of what? course- Advertising? Uh, there was heaps of it. I didn't see it. There was tons of it. Mm. There was TV ads. You couldn't get past them on YouTube. Any video you started up, it would be at the start of it. Oh, okay. And I guess cutting together the trailer as well costs a bit of money. So, there's that element. Um, I guess there were collectible cups. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> there was a Happy Meal I didn't point. actually see this one in the cinemas. I'm sure you didn't either. But I ended up watching it on streaming a couple of months later. So, uh, I'm not even really sure if it even came out in cinemas here. It must have, right? This was during that weird period in late 2020. So, October 2020. Where we were still jumping in and out of lockdowns. Yeah. So, I'm not even sure if it officially came to cinemas here, or if it did, it would have been in a limited capacity. So, you know, if I'd done my research beyond, like, how much it made in the in the box office, I would be able to tell you. But there isn't really a lot of, you know, information on this movie beyond what it's about and then the date that it came out. And I think most people are watching this movie in streaming services. Pretty much. So, I think they had, a, if, the, if our previous episode is anything to go by, I think they had a limited cinematic release window. And then pretty soon afterwards, a couple of weeks later, they released it to streaming just because that was what people were doing at that time, especially during the height of COVID. So, let's get into seeing how well we did with actually predicting the plot. Now, this was one that we actually teamed up to do the plot of together. And so, in those circumstances, we end up coming up with a ratio of right to wrong. So, Matty D went away and he looked at everything that we said that we got right in the movie. And I did the same, except I looked at everything that we got wrong with the movie. And if we add up all our totals, when we add up our total right to wrong points, that gives us a nice ratio that really lets us know if we're leaning more towards getting the movie correct or being really far off with predicting the plot. So, Matty D, since you did everything that we got right, let's get the good news out of the way first. Sure. And see how, how much stuff we got right. Yeah, this was an interesting journey listening back to this, to our original episode, because we didn't seem confident, but we came together. We came together quite well, probably better than any episode we've done of these. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, yeah. So, we we actually were on the same page with a lot of things. And at the end of the episode, we were like, 
we've nailed it. Yeah. And um, it's, it's interesting listening back. So the first thing I want to talk about is when we were discussing the movie, we were discussing like the themes of the movie. Mm. And we said that, well, we had this sort that's of my also That's my first talking point as well. I thought so, because there's probably stuff that you're going to mention in this as well. But we, we spoke about whether this was just going to be a- straight horror movie or whether yeah, that was going to be a monster movie yeah a deeper meaning babadook style yes and we we bounced back and forth between that it was hard to kind of decide where we settled and i feel like we settled somewhere in the middle yeah and i feel so like in that original episode at first i didn't agree with your whole metaphor like well the whole metaphor of larry being symbolic of autism or people with autism but then you sort of sold it in a way that i was just like oh yeah we can sort of go with that angle yeah yeah so i i feel like the movie was in its attempt trying to be symbolic and have a deeper meaning you could kind of take away that this is a monster just a monster flick so i think either way we're right on what the theme is. So yeah, I, but I it's, not, it's not symbolic of his autism, though. It's not symbolic of his autism. So, they do actually explicitly say in the movie that Larry is a loneliness. symbol of, of loneliness. Yes. That's right. And people's attachment to their electronic devices. Their, their screen time, basically. Yeah. So, through not spending time with other people and spending lots of screen time, there's a monster on the other side of the screen looking back who represents loneliness. And through absorbing yourself in these electronic devices, he's going to come in and take you away. Is essentially what they are trying to say. It's very murky, and I guess that that's yeah, a conversation- it's not particularly well executed yeah, either. it's a conversation we'll have, I bet, you know, at, at the end of this episode. But I feel like a point is deserved because in okay, intention- so In saying that there's a deeper meaning, we were correct in that circumstance. Yeah, we thought the monster was a metaphor. Were we right on what the metaphor was? Not really. You know, it's for me, it's great. But I say, yes, there's a point there because the monster is a metaphor, but also- we said it could be a f- flat monster movie, which it kind of is as well. It pretty so much is. Either way, I give us a point. I'm sure you're going to talk about it yeah, as absolutely. well. But I think that deserves a point anyway. Anyway, we sort of discussed things that might happen. We said that he, uh, as in Oliver, will lose his phone. We speculated that, hey, the phone is a device that he uses to communicate. He's got to lose his phone at one point. Mm-hmm. So, it gives us a point right there. So, he loses the ability to communicate. Yes. And the context to that is- That happens constantly throughout the movie. Yeah. Well, the main one I remember is the bullies- who are picking on Oliver, throw his phone into the field. Into the shrubbery, yeah. Yeah, so there's one point there, and, and there's another point as well where he himself, Oliver, gets rid of his phone because he doesn't want to- Yeah, be and then there's the iPad Oliver. as well. Yeah, so it happens all the way through the movie, but I think it deserves a point because that's something that did happen. I mean, it's pretty obvious with this kind of movie, but, you know, we said it. We said that the uh, monster, Larry, I don't know if we- Did we say- his- Yes, we did say his name was Continuously. Larry. Continuously. We, uh, we said that the Larry would affect electricity and move through electricity. I give us mm-hmm. uh, two, uh, two sets of points there because that is accurate. We said that the monster Larry would have to form a connection and that's what will bring him into the real world. Watching yeah. this movie a second time, I've noticed that Larry gives something to Oliver. He gives him the sponge. That's right. And they also have to finish reading the story like we predicted yep. as well. Which I give us points for later. But okay. uh, Oliver gives uh, Larry like his little hand sticky thing. That's and right. And then, you know, the connection is formed and that's- Unintentionally so. Unintentionally so, sure. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I love that he gives him- it's very like, spirited away, by the way. I love how Larry gives <laughs> Oliver a sponge. Because he's like, well, you like sponges because <laughs> he watches SpongeBob all the time. Yeah. And then <laughs> I like how Oliver, like, he doesn't know what to make of the sponge. He's sort of looking at it and he sort of fingers it a little bit. And then later on, he's just seeing playing with the sponge, happy as Larry. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. Now, the next thing we started, we actually started to predict the actual plot of the movie. And we thought that the movie was going to start with a scare. Now, the mm-hmm. movie, how it starts. Well, you is- didn't think it was going to start with a scare. I did not. I tried to argue this point. Now, the movie. Why? Start- well, I kind of thought that this movie. <sighs> okay, I'll be honest with you. I thought this movie would be formulaically trash, and I thought that it just would not- I thought it was going to be like- um, So, you thought it wasn't going to follow the standard horror movie formula? I thought it was going to be a bad horror movie in the sense that they didn't execute the tropes properly. I thought it was going to be like uh, Antebellum, if you- Okay, yeah, perfect. Perfect example. Not like in the sense- I know we talk badly about Antebellum, but you know how Antebellum didn't start with a scare? It just was like weirdly- Well, I was frightened (laughs) re-watching Yeah, well, not intentionally. Yeah. But that's what I kind of thought. I thought, oh- It does start with horror, though. Yeah, so I'll- just break so down. even in it doesn't necessarily start with a spook sure. or a scare, sure. but it does start horrifically. Antebellum is what I'm talking about, of yeah. course. Yeah, but of course this movie as well does start with a scare. So yeah, well, it does, it does, because it was funny because I was like, oh, this movie starts with Oliver watching uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants, but actually I broke it down. He's watching SpongeBob SquarePants. Then he he it takes so long for Larry this is watching uh, him through the screen. Essentially, so the we first, can see from yeah. Larry's point of view. 
you we can see-, see Oliver's face and we can hear Larry breathing heavily. Yeah, so it's it's set up that he's watching SpongeBob. We see something. We don't know it's Larry yet. Looking at Oliver through the screen, mm-hmm. uh, Oliver goes to get a drink of water. He walks around his house slowly. We see his parents are separated. Yeah. He gets the glass, slapping water. that sticky hand takes- annoyingly. I just want to. I just want to say this because it's so frustrating. It takes so long for anything to happen in this opener. It takes ten minutes for yeah. Oliver to come, and then all of a sudden, you know, go back to his bed, and then stuff starts to happen. Like the door starts opening, and he shuts the door, yeah. and the door starts opening, and. So, yes, he hides under his I blankets. Almost, almost didn't give us a point, but yes, the movie does start with a scare. It just takes, it and seems basically to take what forever we said, to do it. Basically, what we said is what happens eventually. Not in quite. elements. Well, so, yes, yes, I, I go so into the big it, button what- on what we said was that he eventually jumps in bed, covers himself with the blankets. His mum comes in, pulls off the blankets, and thinks he's having that's, a nightmare. That's what happens. That's in basically the, movie. the button on the opening scene. It was the button on our opening scene too. No, well, what we said was we thought that the movie was going to start with uh, Oliver spinning with the iPad. That's that is right. a scene that happens later. I on, do get so. into that as well. Yeah, which which does happen. So that's my next point. We get a point for that. It happens later, but it does happen. So you know, we we called it. But that's yeah. not how the movie starts. We thought that that scene where he's spinning around with the iPad that's and right. he's got the filter that's covering the his face, face with up, the yeah. skull and then it gets on Larry. If you know the movie, if you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. But uh, it doesn't happen at the start, at least. It does happen in the movie. Now, we thought that Oliver would be taken to the therapist and uh, give us a point because the therapist does say that he needs to be more social. That's um, right. And that she does point out that uh, Oliver- The therapist, yeah. is. Yeah, the therapist points out that Oliver you know, is lonely. So, point for that. That does happen. You, we said that Sarah would be more involved with Oliver's life than her father is, and the father's going to- Or his father, sorry. Uh, and the father's Yeah, her father's be, not involved in the movie at all. In the father's- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the father's going to be very hands-off. Just true, I think. Technically Point. true, yeah. It's just mainly because he's working all the time and they're going through a divorce. So, well, that's the real reason he's more hands-off. That's his character arc, right? Because he's he's like fun dad, but then at the end, he, he takes a more- Serious approach. approach. That's right. Yeah, because he's you know he's going to the therapy stuff and things like that. So that's right. That's how I took it. In a way, you're right. But yeah, Mm. we weren't exactly right in our assessment of the dad. Anyway, no, I think we thought he was more of a deadbeat. I didn't even think he was his dad, to be honest. Yeah, we don't go into it too much. But in the movie, he's just kind of like fun dad that doesn't have his life together. It seems. And there's well, like, you know, I think there's just a divide. We don't know why the parents are separating, but it, we understand it's a clash of personalities. It may be because of Oliver and the whole circumstance of raising him with autism, but the movie never goes into that. So, the whole reason he's not around is because the, the mum, Sarah, is sort of making it so that he's not around as much. Yeah. Because the parents aren't getting along and she doesn't like he's the way- He's sleeping that he, on the couch. Yeah, that's right. And he doesn't like the way that Marty, the father- is with Oliver because he's like, okay, you're there when it's time to be fun, Dad, and I have to be the bad guy. Yeah, and I guess Oliver as well is is more warm to uh, Marty than, That's right. than Sarah. So, throughout the whole movie until the very end scene, Oliver doesn't look Sarah in the eyes, mm. but he looks everybody else in the eyes. Yeah, and, I, and maybe there's a jealousy there that Sarah has- well, the whole reason that uh, Oliver- mean, There is, yeah. The whole reason that Oliver doesn't look Sarah in the eyes is because he blames her for him being lonely. He sees her as the one who's isolating him from everybody else. At the end, he says, you took my friend away. Yeah, but I thought that was because the friend Byron tells him that, you know, your mother made us, like, separate. That's right. That's what the movie's trying to say. <laughs> but I didn't think he knew that at the start. So, no. his distance from his mother is kind of weird. But, yeah, like I said, the mother I always has it. to be the bad guy. So, Marty no. is the, like- the sure. fun dad. And so, he doesn't like his mum because she's the one who puts her foot down. Work. Yeah, she makes him work. She makes that's him right. sound words out. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's very it's very hard to what we take away from it, but I yes. guess that's that's what it is. In any case, I think our assessment on the parents were kind of right. Anyway. Kind of, yeah. We said the school would be nice and supportive. One point it is. Yep. We predicted, and it was in the trailer, so there we go, that Byron would be mad that they were- that Oliver was using his phone. Mm-hmm. Point. We predicted that the Larry app- the Larry story would be yeah. an app you can't get rid of. One point. Yep. We said that once Oliver reads this story, the lights will start <laughs> Oliver flickering. Reed was in the movie? I don't remember seeing him. That would have improved the movie. <laughs> if Larry was played by the ghost of Oliver Reed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oliver reads the story. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oliver reads the story. Also anybody, but the lights will flicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said that the story would include Oliver. It does. Very Babadook style. Not really. Oh, there's a kid that gets torn there's, away. There's a kid who's been taken away, but that could be anybody. I mean, it's implied to be Oliver. Yeah. Well, Larry only wants Oliver. So, that's, you know, that's a decent takeaway. But yeah, it doesn't specifically 
specifically involve the characters the same way that the book in the Babadook did. Well, the Babadook did the same, right? Like, you didn't really know. It had the specific dog, it had the specific parent, it had the specific child. Wasn't the case in this movie. Oh, well. I still counted as something. I didn't count it as something we got wrong, so... Mm. I think it's just worth talking about. We sort of speculated that he didn't know the creature's name was Larry at the start of the movie. So, we had this idea- So, he learns about Larry before anything else happens. Yes. We had this idea that when the movie opened, Larry would already be in his life. That wasn't the case. And I'm sure you probably will talk about it. You're doing my job already. uh, But I guess guess he didn't know Larry's name is something we said. So, that's something that was right. Not really. Uh, At the start of the movie. He didn't know. It's something he learned. Yeah, for about five seconds, he doesn't know. <laughs> so, Larry doesn't, even, Larry doesn't even appear until he knows what Larry's name is. Yeah. So, okay, I, I guess we, the audience, right? we, the audience, don't know Larry's name, but Oliver doesn't even know about Larry's existence until the storybook comes yes, up. Yes, that's so, right. Okay. That's right. Sure, very loosey That's where the point comes from. Okay. Uh, we predicted that uh, the dad, Marty, would tell Oliver that Larry isn't real. Yeah. It was in the trailer, but yes. We Well, yeah, but we still got it. Yeah, True. Uh, we said that Larry would talk through Oliver's uh, speech device on his phone, the little mm-hmm. app he uses to talk. Yep, and the iPad. Yep. We said that Marty finds the iPad and reads the story, and mm-hmm. it creates all this creepy stuff around him. Said that when Marty reads the story, lights will flicker. Yep. We said that Marty would use the camera and see Larry. This mm-hmm. is all stuff we see in the trailer, by the yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. This so is the bulk a, of the trailer. There's a point in the, in the movie, in the trailer, where- I'm very pleased that we at least got that <laughs> element right. The <laughs> stuff that was in the short film, Larry- yeah. As well as in the trailer. So, the context of this is that um, uh, Marty works in like this uh, parking attendant Booth, office yeah. thing. Yeah. And he takes he takes um, Oliver there and that's where, you know, Larry comes and attacks them or, you know, creeps them out. Uh, I think the context, yeah. But, you know, in this, in this bubble, we were right on what was happening here. Sure. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. Uh, we predicted that the dad would be driving home. He's actually yep. escaping, but he's driving home. Larry will be in the truck and causes Marty to crash and Marty ends up in hospital. This does happen. Yep. We said that Sarah will decide to host a sleepover. Mm-hmm. She does. We said that this is all stuff that's obvious from the trailer. Yes. We said Byron is the leader and he's meaner than the other kids. He is. Yeah. He we'll is. get into it as well. He is. We said that the kids- I don't quite agree with that, but at yeah. This, We're going to counterbalance some I mean, of these points that you're making with my points. I, I know, I know, because there, there's probably stuff that you're going to say. But the, the other kids are like, oh, you're cool. You do this and you do that. But Byron's kind of like, he's kind of leading it. I kind of thought anyway. I think it was one of the other kids who came up with Mona Boner. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> That's pretty mean. When you're sitting on a golf pipe. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe they put that in the movie. Who wrote that? Uh, that's well. I've got a point on that a little bit later on. It's like, oh, let's let's figure out a, a mean name to call Oliver. How about Motorboat? Great, great. We'll go with it until we think of something better. Nope, it's in the script now. <laughs> All right. Now we said that in order to bring Larry to life, you would need to finish the story. Mm-hmm. That's true. It is true. That's what creates uh, Larry to come into the physical realm. We said that in the sleepover where they're all hanging out and they've stolen uh, Oliver's uh, iPad. iPad. Yeah. Byron would be reading and then he would be interrupted by Larry grabbing him, throwing mm-hmm. him around or picking him up, which does happen Choking in the movie. Him, yeah. Byron is traumatized and all he does is talk about Larry and he's just completely like, I think we said like brain, brain fried. Old, which temporarily does happen. Yes, temporarily. Temporarily. We said that Sarah takes this seriously after this point. She does. This is like the catalyst mm-hmm. for her thinking. There's more going on than just- Yeah, well, she was already aware of- Actually, no, by the point of the sleepover, she didn't believe in Larry, but a little no. bit later on, she starts to believe she in Larry. She thought it was a nightmare. So, you're right. You're yeah, right. We were right. This is the point where- Yeah, this is the point where she's like, Larry's a real thing. At least at this point in the movie, she thinks someone's hacking Oliver's- she thinks That's right. She doesn't think it's a monster, but she thinks something's happening. She thinks it's some creep on the other yeah. end of the iPad. Which would, which would be terrifying. It, it, it is a more realistic monster, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. We predicted that the other mothers would blame Oliver. Yep. Uh, very true. Temporarily, sure but do. true. That's, a, that's one point. We said Oliver would get rid of all these devices. He would go to the field uh, to get away from all electronics. Uh, that does happen there. at the end of the movie. does happen at the end of the movie. We predicted that when- Two points, you say? Well, because Oliver gets rid of his devices and Oliver does go at the, fi- true. Into okay. the field at the so end of the movie. So, they're two separate correct points. Yeah, yep. good point. Good yep. Two points. Now, we said that- So, in our in our minds, Oliver goes, this is too much. I'm going to throw everything away and then I come home. I don't think it happens this way in the movie, but this does no. happen. He comes home and the TV starts playing and it starts playing Larry's story. So, I'll give us a point yeah. because that does happen. So, Sarah does end up getting rid of every single screen they have in the house. And yeah. they had a lot. Yes. <laughs> enough well, to cover the front yard. It's 2020, right? Yeah, I guess so. But for a family who's going through a divorce and apparently the, the mum can't afford a phone, like a new phone for Oliver straight away, they did have a lot of devices <laughs> in their house. It's a commentary. 
Yeah, I guess so. Life. Yeah, it's part of the message, in quotation marks, yep. the message, but yeah. Yeah, so Oliver can't escape. They can't turn the TV off. Good call by you. That was something you said. Mm-hmm. And Larry turns physical because the story ends. So, in the movie- That's right. Uh, you know, the, the, the storybook flips past. So, I even past. said that you don't have to read the story out aloud. You can just be reading it in your head. And yeah. It still works. It was kind of funny. And that's what happened. Because Larry was just like, he played it on the TV and he just goes, flick, 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 and went to the end. He's like, you read it. All right, now I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Like, I don't know if that counts. No, 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 Larry's like, that counts. I'm I coming out now. You read every page. Yeah. Oh my God, Larry looked awful. Like uh, I, I watching, actually, watching it back. They it actually used bad. a puppet. Would you believe? Yeah, it's hard to believe that it's actually a puppet. Not for all of it, right? Some points it was CGI, but know, for the for a lot of it, they actually used a puppet. They were really disguising it for good reason because watching it back, I was like, oh. yeah. Well, Larry is more scary when you don't see him. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, like all great monsters, and yes. Larry is a great monster. Even the Babadook, which is a much more critically acclaimed movie than this one, but even yeah. the Babadook, we did laugh at when we finally saw it. <laughs> Now, we thought at this point in the movie, Oliver would be alone with Sarah and Larry would be sort of stalking them around the house. Yep. Does happen. Sarah realizes, we said at this point that Larry wants Oliver. I mean, this is something she's yes. figured out already, but, you know, it's correct. Even Larry has told her at this point, he <laughs> yep. wants Oliver. Yep. That's kind of the last thing we got right yes. as far as the plot's concerned. Yes, I'm there sure are some you, points of contention you, that we will get into. You'll take the realm of, of what we said at the end of the movie. But yes. the last thing we said was- when the movie all ties up, everything's finished. We think Larry is gone. Yep. We said, I know where you're going with this. We said that we might see Larry through a screen That's at right. the end of the movie. Now, at the end of the movie, what happens is they defeat Larry. We'll go into it. Yes. Larry is gone, and so is Sarah. Sarah's gone as well. And there's a point where uh, Marty is, you know, taken over the, all the parental duties. He's now the you know, the right. single He's father. He's the sole father, yeah. And he starts to get worried because he thinks Larry's back and he comes downstairs. He sees Oliver swinging Flying. around. Flying. <laughs> and he holds the phone up and he sees that it's Sarah. Sarah's gone through a different realm and she's playing yeah, with Oliver. she's now back as a ghost. And it's a heartwarming moment. Now, in our eyes- or what yeah, we heartwarming. Yes, yes. What we thought was supposed to be heartwarming. What we thought was going to happen was, you know, everything was done. And well, then- they're, they're trying to say that Sarah was his protector now. She's protecting him from Larry. Yes, yeah. Is and what they were trying to say. Yeah, and then there's another part where all the all the boys are friends and they're like, oh, we'll be friends yeah. forever. That'll protect us. United them. Larry Society in, in or whatever the they call themselves. In the most lame thing ever. But um, so we, we kind of thought that it would end in like this goosebumps ending where, you know, everything's gone, but then Larry appears yeah. on Sarah's phone or Larry appears on Marty's phone. And, Which would be a cool ending. And and we'd be like, oh, Larry's back. So not quite, but, you know, in, in a sense, we were kind of on the right track yeah. enough to give me a ish, point there. Ish. To give us a point, sorry. Ish, yes. ish. Ish is the title of this episode. We're right, yes. ish, because with that, we got 35 points. Yes, it was very much an ish plot prediction, because you're like, yeah, you could say through the whole thing, yeah, it looks a little bit correct if you squint and turn your head to the side, yes. but yeah. Yes, it wasn't worth the confidence we ended with. We no. were like, ah, we nailed it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there, were be- there were definitely beats that we got right. Yeah, that's right. So, tell us what we didn't get right. So, how many points did we get, though? 35. 35 points. Okay. Well, let's get straight into how many things we got incorrect. So, quite like you said at the start of your uh, assessment of what we got correct, I also started by covering the symbolism of Larry. And quite like we already discussed, Larry is, of course, not a metaphor for Oliver's autism. That's not a thing they say in the movie. And I think it would be a terrible, terrible way to approach the movie if that was the thing that they did. Agreed. I think we should have had more sense back in that original episode. But I think personally, I'm I'm really it was glad better that, they, that they didn't. You're yeah, right. I'm really glad that they didn't go in that direction. So we already talked about Larry being an amalgamation of loneliness and people's obsession with their electronic devices. So if anything, the movie's trying to say that you should spend more time with real people instead of watching stupid movies like Complay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird message, right? Because technology is important, and it's saying te- like you see technology being important used to communicate, but then the movie's kind of saying. Because it's something we talked about. Well, like I always think it's funny as well when movies entertainment takes the stance of like get away from your screens, don't yeah. spend so much time watching movies. But Oliver uses his device to communicate and That's learn right. and do things, and so it's kind of weird that the message is that was just a way of making of him vulnerable. Anti technology, I guess. Yeah, right. it was yeah. a mixed bag. Anyway, because we spoke about the whole technology message, but then we're like, oh, we can't do that because it's got to be praising technology. That's because- right. Because it's a movie. They use it. Yeah, because it's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, there we go. And if you want to bring autism into the discussion as well, the whole reason that Oliver is autistic is because it is the cause of his loneliness and his inability to communicate, which creates this loneliness, which creates Larry. Yeah. So, if anything, autism is involved, but not in the same way that we thought it would be. No. 
Now, we said that the movie will open with the scene of Oliver messing around with FaceApp on his iPad, and he notices the face in his cupboard. Now, of course, that does happen, as we already discussed, but it happens much later. Now, again, as we've already discussed, we thought that Oliver has been having nightmares about Larry for a while, and he was aware of him before the start of the movie. Now, that's not the case at all. So, we're introduced to Larry at the same time that Oliver is in the actual movie. We said that Oliver is starting a new school, or at least he's starting oh, a, right. a new school term. Now, that's not the case at all. No. It's just a regular day in his regular school. Now, interestingly enough, something that we didn't talk about already is there's some poor woman who has to sit next to Oliver in every single one of his classes and basically nudge him and be like, Oliver, pay that's, attention. That's the, the- It's his handler. Yeah. Well, not handler. That's not like, the correct term. That's, that's like a, a, support a teacher's assistant. aid or something, right? That's right. But her only job, she, she doesn't help him with any of the, the questions or the work, presumably. She's just there going, Oliver, do you want to answer this question? No? Maybe later. <laughs> now, we thought that Sarah might have a job as a nurse or a doctor. That's not quite the case in the movie. We don't even know what she does for a job in the actual movie. Presumably, she works with Byron's mum, but it's hard to tell. But what she does for a job is not important to the movie at all. No. I mean, I hope that she has a decent job with decent pay, because if her husband's working, if good old Marty's working in a, a parking lot booth, I'm sure that doesn't bring in a massive income. Who knows? Maybe it pays really well. I don't know what that would pay. Well, given that Mike in Breaking Bad had the same job and he had to go into crime to help support his family, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm guessing it doesn't pay that much. Now, the reason that we said that Marty, the father, wouldn't be involved too much with Oliver is because he's not his real father, which is not the case at all because he is his real father in the actual movie. And we already talked about the, the distance between them, which we were pretty much on the right track. But the, the way that we approached it in our original plot was... He's not the real father. He doesn't have this sort of same attachment to Oliver that his mother does. And we sort of joked around like he came into the relationship for the sex and it was just like, oh, you didn't tell me you had a son. <laughs> yeah. I think we kind of thought that it'd be easy to kill off a character if he wasn't. And we didn't father. kill him off. No. But I think that's where we were going with it. Now, we said that Larry would tell Oliver not to tell anyone else that he exists. Thankfully, that's not the case in the movie. That's very much Stranger Danger. Yeah. That, I, I'm surprised. Larry I didn't seem to mind that other people found out Did about him. Did not care. We said that Marty takes Oliver to work with him at the parking lot because Sarah can't get the night off. In the actual movie, Marty takes Oliver to work with him because Sarah hasn't slept for a couple of nights after discovering Larry. And we said that Marty sees Larry through his phone camera and doesn't think that Larry's real. He thinks it's some sort of prank app. Now, in the actual movie, he does see Larry through the phone around this point in the movie and he freaks out and the both of them run away. We see from like his phone's point of view, we see it like flipping around and he's like, Oliver, let's get out of here. And then it cuts to them at home. Now, we thought that Sarah would turn up at the parking lot booth as well and take Oliver home, leaving Marty alone. That never actually happens in the movie. It's a separate night at a separate point in the movie where uh, Marty is attacked in the parking lot booth. We said that Marty would end up in a coma as a result of his car crash. It's not the case at all. He's badly injured, but he's definitely not in a coma. He's still conscious and talking once he's in the hospital. Now, we were correct in saying that that would put him out of the picture for the rest of the movie, though. Yeah, and it did until and the it end. Did. And now we said that Sarah would decide to invite Oliver's school bullies over for a sleepover to help cheer, Great up, idea. cheer up Oliver after Marty's car accident. Now, that's mostly true. She does invite the school bullies over in an attempt to get Oliver to be more social. I don't know why she picked the same children that he was accused of beating up previously to hang out with him. I guess she didn't know any other parents with children. Well, I guess uh, Oliver had a, and we didn't guess this, Oliver had a pre-existing relationship with Byron. So, that's right. she's trying to patch up their friendship. Yeah, in a very sort of awkward way. Yeah. Yeah, we, like I said, that, well, that was mostly true, what we said about the sleepover, but it wasn't- This happened before Marty's accident. Yeah. So, and not it, as a result And it wasn't of, the reason. That's right, that's right. Totally separate. Now, quite like you brought up, we thought that Byron would be meaner than the other two bullies. I think they're all equally as mean as each other. You think so? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When they're pushing him around in the field, then when they're scheming together to to track him out there, that, that's not all just Byron's yeah, doing. I kind of think I kind of felt like the way Byron that they the shit leader. talk him when they're in the the sleepover. Yeah, maybe. I think they're all just as equally as bad as each other. There's no kid who's actually defending no. uh, Oliver. There's no that's kid not. who actually wants to be his friend. In fact, Byron is the only one who, at the end of the movie, is just like, "All right, you guys can hang out with us as long as you accept that Larry is real and." We have to promise that we'll all be friends so no one's ever lonely. Right. Well, and none I, of the other two bullies come up with that angle. There, there, was a, there was a scene where one of the kids were was like, Oliver did something and he, and he goes, oh, that's really cool. And that was like a warm part towards I think Oliver. he was being sarcastic. I can't I remember. That is I can't remember the scene. It, it was exactly. so brief. Um, it was like oh, at this the start is, of the sleepover. Oh, it was at the start of the sleepover. Uh, I think they were just being facetious, to be honest. I think they were just putting on like a- uh, Acting this good, how could you tell? I got to tell you, the the kid who played Byron, I thought was pretty good. I thought he was like relatively good for this movie. No comment. <laughs> you didn't think Byron was good at all? No. No. Okay. 
I guess we can talk about it later. We thought that Larry says throughout the story that he doesn't want any old friend but specifically Oliver. Now, while that's technically true, Larry never actually says this in the story. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the only thing he says is, he basically says to Marty later on in the movies, he's like, bad things happen to people who try and fuck with Larry. So don't try and fuck with Larry, otherwise I'll, Larry will fuck with you. That's as close as it gets to that actually happening. Now, we thought that Larry would fry Byron's brain and Byron would never recover <laughs> oh, wow. for the rest of the movie. How dark. Yeah, that is that is a really dark approach on our behalf. It's like It. They never do that in the actual movie. Like, yeah, like the bully from It. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the bully at least was like gray. an adolescent or something. Yeah, and he was a, a, essentially a murderer yeah. as well. So he just had it coming. Murder. Like, our childhood bully gets, like, traumatized forever. Listening back to that episode, I was like, wow. Aside from being a little bit mean, Byron technically didn't do anything wrong. No. So, he was just a child. Yeah, I guess we thought he would be worse than he actually was in the movie. We thought that Oliver would be suspended from school for traumatizing the bullies. That doesn't happen at all. He's not even reprimanded by the school. No. In fact, uh, it's Byron who ends up staying away from school. Because he's traumatized. Because he's traumatized. Can't speak. Now, interestingly enough, at this point in our plot prediction, you brought up that there would be other children, the other two children, the bullies presumably, (laughs) would start wearing creepy masks after they were influenced by the spirit of Larry. I'm okay to talk about this because we're going to talk about something in my favour later on. So, yes, let's talk about this. uh, Yes, and you said that they would break into Oliver's house and harass him. Now, I I remember saying in that original episode, I don't remember seeing that in the trailer at all. That's interesting, but I went with you because I'm like, you must be seeing something (laughs) that I'm not. All right, would you care to explain... Where your mind was and what was actually, what the hell was actually going on. I don't know. I I don't know. I watched that trailer back and I was like, what was I thinking? I think the start of the movie where there's a soccer ball that looks like- There's a soccer ball and a dressing gown on the back of Oliver's door. I think I saw that in between scenes with the kids. And And you didn't think to pause it and confirm it. Because clearly looking at it in a trailer, I'm like, well, that's clearly a soccer ball and a dressing gown and not a child in a mask. No, I kind of watched this trailer uh, like about twice and I was like, got the gist. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And I think I think that soccer ball was like I kind of and then and you know how your mind kind of creates things I kind of had in my memory of the trailer these kids with masks running around you know right well that explains why you're so loosey goosey in a lot of your plot points throughout these episodes <laughs> but uh, yeah not the worst mistake you've ever made and and uh, well we'll get into a, yeah as you said we'll get into something that uh, another point of contention a little bit later on. <laughs> Now, we theorized that Oliver would get rid of his iPad in the middle of a field in order to get rid of Larry. As we discussed with the things we got right, all of these things do happen in the movie, but not in that sequence and not all together. Not in the same scene, at least, anyway. Mm. Now, we thought that Larry would be defeated finally when Oliver takes his hand and accepts Larry as a friend. So, by the same way that I did with the Babadook at the end of that movie, we thought that the only way to beat Larry is to accept him as a friend and Larry would be like, gee, thanks. And then somehow that would- and He would uh, evaporate. He would evaporate. Would be, like, be like, why didn't we do this the whole time? The whole reason we said that was because we were still trying to tie it into the whole autism angle and have it be like, you have to be accepting of this autism monster in, for, in order yeah. for it to, to go away, essentially. And we were very influenced by the Babadook again. Absolutely, you absolutely. just to accept the monster. I don't want to say like autism is a monster, but like accept that creature. Yeah. You know. Well, you were happy to say that last time. Well, I kind of thought it Upon was- you're grown as a person. Yeah, yeah, but I, I kind of I, I kind of felt like it was symbolic of how people see people with disabilities. Yeah. I thought that was the angle they were going for. Not necessarily sure. saying people with autism are monsters, though. I think they were saying that's the perception. Yeah, we had the same conversation and, last time. I mean, now that I think about it, how could you make that work? You can't. You never so, could. You know, I'm glad this movie didn't do it. Now, interestingly enough- Go for it, Kieran. That wasn't our first take on the ending. Now The floor is yours, sir. Originally, Matty D, of all people, thought that the ending would be that Sarah would take Larry's hand instead, since her whole goal is to protect Oliver, making them kindred spirits, and it's symbolic of her accepting Oliver's disability, (laughs) which is pretty much exactly how the movie actually ends, but I was pretty firm in poo-pooing that, because I was like, there's no way in a movie they would actually do that. And they did it. And it turns out that's exactly what they did. I called the ending of this movie. Now, mind you, it's you thought a that Sarah- dumb ending. Now, you thought that Sarah would actually survive the encounter. Well, that ma- that's what would make sense. I mean, she does in a way. <laughs> well, she doesn't survive it. She is turned into some sort of creature or ghost. Uh, she's killed, essentially, and then lives in the same world as Larry. So, yeah. presumably, if Larry took Oliver's hand, the same thing would have happened to him. What a happy ending. Yeah, happy well- Happy ending. Yeah, Wholesome I, ending. I guess so. I guess- yeah. She lives alone with this scary monster. 
Yep, but she gets to come back and make uh, Oliver float around the room and make her husband cry when he sees her through the camera. Doesn't bother to come in and, you know, give him a little ghost kissy. But uh, but she's there for eternity. Yeah, and she'll always protect uh, Oliver from Larry, I suppose, if he does come back. So, there's the- Sounds awful. It does sound awful. Sounds like an awful existence. Now, we said as well that Oliver will speak for the first time when he accepts Larry as a friend. Mind you, Oliver does end up speaking in the movie- but not when he accepts Larry as a friend. It's not like he suddenly goes, oh, I can speak now. I'm happy, Dappy. First word is field because he wants the That's right. of the field. That's right. In a desperate attempt to communicate with his mother, he just says field over and over again to get his mum to take them to the field to escape. Yeah. Because for some reason, she didn't think of, of doing that herself. She was like, we'll be fine hiding under the bed, honey. <laughs> Don't worry. Even though he hides under the bed himself all the time. <laughs> And that's where he got the sponge from, presumably. Well, at least that's where he gave Oliver the sponge. Now, we said the last thing we said is that the movie will end on a relatively happy note with Marty out of hospital and Sarah pushing Oliver on a swing. And when she goes to take a photo of Oliver, she sees Larry lurking in the background. <laughs> He's still there. Dun, dun, dun. That doesn't happen at all. No. Uh, relatively happy is a good term for the ending of this movie. I guess you could say it's relatively They're going happy. for a happy ending. I didn't feel all thoughts. Well, I certainly wasn't happy at the end of the movie. I didn't think it was a happy ending. I know that that was their intention. I don't get how you could be happy with your mother, your wife. Being a ghost. Being a tormented ghost in a realm full like, of, of monsters, presumably. Of, well, of, of monsters, question mark, of one monster? Like, that's terrible. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what happened. Well, maybe that's something they're going to explore in the sequel. Come play two coming later this- No, it's not. They're not going to make a yeah. sequel to this movie. Yeah, so I guess relatively happy is the closest thing to being correct, but I'm not here to cover the things we got correct. We were dead wrong in, in presuming what happened at the end of the movie. Everyone's happy dappy. Oliver's being pushed on a swing. He's talking. He's now normal in quotation marks. Marty's there cooking a barbecue on the side. And it's, think, it's a think, real Goosebumps style ending, as you I, said. I think what we meant was like Oliver would have improved, which I guess he does. But like the whole surrounding of that ending is not, not correct. Yeah, we were way off. Yeah. With all of that in mind, that gives us a total of- 23 points. So it's 23 to 35, was it? Yeah. So, yeah. What? We we're somewhat close in the middle there, but we ended up with more correct than we did incorrect. That shocks me. But not by much. That I would be way me. more comfortable with like a 50 12. Like that yeah. would be a clear victory here, but like we still have a victory here, but not by much. So I'm not going to be too impressed with it. I thought, so essentially we got more right than we did wrong. Yeah, I thought this was a bad prediction. Listening back to it- I think it's relatively bad. Uh, yeah. I guess here's the thing. We spoke about scenes in the trailer that happened because they were in the trailer. That's right. And I think that was our saving grace, really. Yes, that's right. Uh, as we learn, that works really well for me all the time. <laughs> yeah. So- um, uh, There was a few things that we kind of guessed based on movie tropes that kind of paid off for us. Yeah. I think we the thing that really hurt us was thinking too much about the Babadook- because while the Bubba Duck helped, yeah, it's not had a really. Very similar, pattern. not really, because everything that we drew from the Bubba Duck didn't end up being in the movie. Sure, I think if we just sort of focused on it being a, a regular monster movie, we would have been closer in the end rather than trying to look for deeper meanings in come play. <laughs> Let's get into our thoughts, Matty D. Do you care to take the floor first? I've written a huge paragraph here. Oh wow, okay, cool. of uh, things things that I wanted to say about <laughs> the movie. Right. So, last week, I just want to quantify everything here. Last week, Matty D actually said that he reckons this was the worst horror movie we've ever covered on this show. And I didn't want to accept that back then, but now he's here to justify his claims. Yeah, well- I What mean, are your thoughts now? I kind of thought Antebellum was worse. Oh, absolutely. Possibly. I think there's so many other horror movies that we've covered and yet to cover that are way worse than this movie. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if I still stand by the point that it is the worst actually, horror no, movie you said we've covered. Actually, no, you actually said it was one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. We've we've covered worst movies on the show. Yeah, we've absolutely covered yeah, worst movies. So- and there are way worse movies out there. I'm just guessing you haven't seen a lot of movies. If you think this is a terrible movie. Oh, well, okay. Well, maybe not the worst movie I've ever seen, but like in the in the history of this show, this is pretty bad. This right. is pretty bad. So my thoughts on the But movie- it's not worse than Antebellum. No, Antebellum. not worse than uh Fantasy Island. Well, this is your opinion. Yeah, Take may- it away. maybe on the same level. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. See, I'm much more willing to accept this than have you say this is one of the worst movies you've ever seen because I can think of a certain Doolittle movie that was way worse than this one. <laughs> Doolittle? Yes. Doolittle was great. Yeah, but that's At least because- that was enjoyable. Yeah, okay. Relatively so. so. I mean, Doolittle was so bad that you had to laugh at it, otherwise you'd just be in constant agony. <laughs> 
I, don't, I still don't think it was There's worse no than fun this. to really be had in this movie. Again, this is your opinion. Okay. Just take it away. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't like this movie. Surprise, surprise. I yeah. really hated it. It, uh, geez, where to begin? Um, it sucked. It, it, a lot of stuff that they did in this movie has been done before. Oh, absolutely. It's very derivative. Uh, so the movie works, it doesn't work as like keeping your interest. It's very slow, in my opinion. And I'm a big Freddy cat. It's not very scary. It was one hour, 38 minutes. So not even a long movie. It sort of styles. It still felt very slow, it didn't it? It felt so long. It styles itself. Given to- that the same thing happens in the movie throughout the entire oh. runtime, that really does make it feel like a slog. Yeah. Yeah, it, because we're seeing the same scares happen over and over again. We're seeing the same story again and again. We're seeing Larry interact with all of our characters in the same way again and again. Yeah, and, and Oliver it, is traumatized. <laughs> Next scene, he's recovered. He's traumatized again. Yeah. Next scene, he's recovered. And it, they kind of, it kind of felt like it was going for you know a deeper meaning. The trailer definitely had this implication, and so did the movie. Well, I don't. But it I, was, in okay. that original episode, I never thought that that was the case. I was like, okay. this is just going to be another dumb monster movie. I, it was you that. who thought that. I thought that. I thought that. And I thought the movie was trying to do this as well, but it was so. It handled it so poorly, yes. and it was so confusing what their point was. I don't think they handled anything particularly well. Maybe a few things here and there, but like it just, it just was just really just a boring, and then b just like, what am I taking away from this? Like, what's what's the message? Am I supposed to like? I I don't know. It, it was it was a confusing mess. And then when it got to the end, the end is what I really had a problem with because. You know, Sarah shakes Larry's hand. Yeah. And then they go- well, and takes I guess, his hand. I guess it works for the metaphor they're trying to do, whatever that metaphor is, but- It know, was messy. Then then it's just it just it's just a very downer. Like, it's just like, what's, what's the- Yeah, it's a horror movie. So, yeah, but not a good horror movie. I don't think many horror movies out there end with happy endings. When I saw- Like you always predict. <laughs> Oliver flying around- In the living room. Spinning around in the living room. And Marty, the father- Looking through his iPhone, and we're supposed to not like technology, or are we? That I'm a little confused about that still. He's looking through his phone, he sees Sarah, and he smiles, and a tear comes across. He's like, like, no, he starts weeping. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so fucking stupid. I don't know what they were trying to say there, to be honest. As Either we've already do discussed. I. Either do I. And anything that the movie, it could have just been a boring movie, but that, I mean, ending- it was. And it is. But that ending just kind of like hit the nail in the coffin of, of just like, this is not just a boring movie. It's a bad movie that has a messy message and is almost laughable in the execution of it. Terrible. Hated this movie. Didn't want to watch it again. Struggled. I think, it, I think it's, we should make it clear as well that you do not like horror movies. No, I don't like There's not movies. a lot in the genre that you really take away from these movies. No. So by choice, you typically wouldn't sit down and watch a horror movie. So you don't enjoy the same aspects that- fans of horror movies enjoy in watching these movies. So, yeah. there's nothing really for you to take. It's like me with a superhero movie. Perfect yeah. example. And that's that's acceptable, but I didn't really feel like this is a strong horror movie. Because there has been horror movies we've seen, even on this show, that you've enjoyed. Yeah. And I can take the genre and sort of look at it and be like, okay, not for me, but good movie. This was not it. No, exactly. So Boo! Yeah. <laughs> the best part about it was making sex jokes. Yeah, in that original episode. You couldn't even do that during the movie, because it wasn't even that sort of movie. So- I had so many thoughts on this movie, a lot of them negative, let's just be honest. Uh, the I didn't think this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen by a long shot. And I don't even think this is one of the worst horror movies we've covered on this show. Because I, I think it helps that I literally watched Halloween Ends this weekend and had that to compare it to. I've heard So, this is that. looking like a masterpiece. <laughs> no spoilers for Halloween Ends, but this is looking like a masterpiece compared to that movie. We, you were in trouble, Matty D., because not only are we covering Halloween Kills, which you you didn't mind, uh, we're covering <laughs> we're covering Halloween Ends, which oh boy, oh boy, that is a nightmare waiting to happen in the future. One thing straight away is there was so much stuff in the movie that just made me laugh. <laughs> stuff that they thought I don't know what they were going for. So the whole SpongeBob aspect is the first thing that really gave me question marks floating around my head. So SpongeBob is in this movie more than a lot of the main characters. <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob might as well be credited as the lead next to Oliver and Larry. That's where all their money went. It's not even a Nickelodeon movie, but SpongeBob features in almost every scene. And Nickelodeon has no involvement in this movie. It's just I guess they just wanted an iconic character that Oliver enjoys that other kids can relate to. Now, with the whole SpongeBob aspect and the whole uh, Oliver being the main focus and having a lot of child actors in the movie, I forgot for a period that this wasn't a children's movie. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it feels like a horror movie that's aimed at sort of like early teens, tweens, because it's, it's not a lot that's particularly frightening in this movie. 
And I think it very much falls into that conjuring, um, insidious market of like, this is very tame. I would let my child watch this movie. I almost forgot that this was actually a horror movie and not intended for small children when they had the whole Mona bonus scene. Because I was like, that's not very appropriate for a children's movie. And then I was like, oh, wait, this isn't a children's movie. This is aimed at teens and adults. And that just made me realize like, oh, I can't really relate to anybody in this movie. I'm supposed to be scared for Oliver because he's a small child in peril. But I don't look, I ultimately don't really care. And the whole SpongeBob aspect came to a head for me. When Oliver, the way he ends up calming himself down when stimming isn't working is that he will hum the the Spongebob theme song to himself and then right at the climax of the movie, he's freaking out and making loud noises. And so his mom, Sarah, calms him down by leaning over to his ear and humming the Spongebob theme song to him. (laughs) And we're supposed to be feeling tension during the scene. I'm just laughing my ass off because she's going... For ages in the movie, I'm like, what is going on here? And the whole, the whole thing, the, the real icing on the cake is when Larry comes in with a sponge and was like, here you go, this is what you like, and dumps it to Oliver. And Oliver's just like, oh, scary sponge. And then the next scene, he's just playing, playing with it quite with happily. Dinosaurs, yeah. Very inconsistently traumatized, poor Oliver. Another thing that really annoyed me with this movie, we talked about how Antebellum in that episode when we revisited it wasn't scary. This is another movie. You're not a fan of horror movies. You're a scaredy cat. But this movie really, really wasn't scary. There was nothing in it particularly scary. But to make up for that, they had an over-reliance of jump scares. I mean, not even that many, though. They had more jump scares in the movie than actual scares. Now, the only jump scare that we had in Antebellum was uh, a horse and carriage went by. Yes. And made a loud noise. These were a couple of the jump scare, unnecessary jump scare moments that we had. They were mainly just done to fake us out and then give us like a scare in a scene where there's not anything scary happening on the screen. So some of those moments included the sticky hand toy slapping against the wall made a loud noise in several scenes during the opening. Was that supposed to be scary? It was supposed to be building tension by bringing in loud noises unexpectedly. Oh, okay. A piece of chalk on a chalkboard in one scene was supposed to be a jump scare. So we cut from uh, Oliver in therapy to the school and then there's a really loud noise as the chalk hits the chalkboard. But there's no tension leading up to that. So why is that a jump scare? What part of unnecessary jump scares are you not understanding here? We have a woman laughing as a jump scare. We have a receipt printing as a jump scare. Well, that's pretty scary. We have a sliding door opening as a jump scare. We have Oliver's dad saying, Oliver, as a jump scare. <laughs> And these were just a few. These were the. This is where I stopped giving. I was like, oh, these are just stupid. So in every scene, we just had moments where like the movie just went, boo, are you scared? Boo, I know nothing's actually scary going on, but we're just going to play a loud noise while yeah, there's well, a really unscary moment. Like a phone vibrates and that's supposed to be a jump scare. They've got to wake their audience up. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, because the same thing's happening over and over again in the movie, you've got to throw in a little bit of variety by like, oh, scary man writing with scary chalk on the chalkboard. <laughs> And then the one sign of a really bad horror movie, the, the one thing that always separates uh, like a decent watchable horror movie from a really bad one, especially low budget horror movies, is they always have these really long drawn out scenes where it's supposed to be building tension, but nothing's actually happening. Tell me about it. And there are always these quiet scenes that are supposed to be suspenseful, but they're just used to pad the runtime of the movie. So, so many. I always want to take one of these movies, and the, the Conjuring movies, for example, are equally as guilty as this. If you just took these scenes and cut them out, how much of the movie would actually be left? If you took <laughs> <Eight> minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think you could cut down- Oh, wait, you could probably this cut This could be down, a 40-minute movie. It could be a five-minute short film. In fact, it was. Yeah. There you go. The whole movie was done better in the short film, aside from the really bad special effects. Well, but that still sucked. Regardless. So-, so, and the last thing I've got to say, the last thing that really made me laugh in this movie it was the parents taking turns to smash the world's strongest iPad. <laughs> Do you remember that scene? <laughs> so, they placed the iPad on the ground, and both parents are squatting next to the iPad on opposite sides, holding hammers, and one will whack the screen, the other one will whack the screen, and then the first one will whack the screen, and it's just like, ha! Huh. Huh. I love that Larry It's like was, a tennis match. Larry was like looking out there. He's like, no, what are they doing? <laughs> I mean, you can just drop an iPad on an angle and the screen's going to shatter. But this this one was like made of gorilla glass or something <laughs> like that. Or they could have, you know, turned it over and like smashed it in half or something like that. But no, they're just sitting there very deliberately taking turns. Whack, whack. Like I said, a tennis match or a game of ping pong. It was ridiculous. It really made me laugh. And just like the really awkward staging of the shots as well. With the adults crouching over and Oliver just standing on a step nearby watching with his mouth open. And his goggles. He's like, and he's, got, go- he's got swimming goggles on his safety <laughs> so goggles. So the glass doesn't hurt his eyes. 
So, yeah, uh, uh, not again, not the worst horror movie I've ever seen, not the worst horror movie we've ever covered on the show, but a very much a middle-of-the-road, boring horror movie that I wouldn't recommend anybody watches, to be honest. I would go further and I would say this is a bad movie, but I agree no one should That's watch your it. personal opinion, though. But, yeah, I wouldn't even say it's that better. Just want to, just for a little bit of uh, uh, comparison here, which movie do you reckon got a higher score on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie or Star Wars Episode Nine? Uh, this movie did just because everyone wanted to pile on Episode Nine. Yeah, and Episode Nine was a worse movie than this one. No! <laughs> In my opinion, anyway. And the critics' opinion, apparently. But this was actually a somewhat middle-of-the-road, decently reviewed movie. And, you know, it's, it's a standard horror monster movie, and there's going to be an audience for that. So yeah, I yeah. guess they they pumped it out. They made a little bit of money. They weren't expecting. No, they didn't. They lost money. Oh yeah, true. Well, the the idea was that they were going to make money. Yes, off it, you know these movies always make money. They just happen to release it in the worst point in in recent history to release movies. So that's the reason it failed. Anyway, unless you have anything else to say about Come Play, I think that'll wrap up our conversation. I never this want week. to speak about it again. You don't have to. You don't even have to think about it again. Good. But let me just warn you, there are several really bad horror movies coming up in your future that are really going to put this one in perspective. Right. This will be this will be the measuring stick. It's, it's a high watermark. Play. <laughs> yes. So, before we wrap it up for another week. Oh, no. Let's bring it up to the audience. So, you, the dear listener, do you have any thoughts on Come Play? Have you seen the movie? Are you one of the few people like me and Matty D who have seen the movie? We're like... That, that group of friends at the end of the movie who have <laughs> all seen Larry. Larry. So we've all got to be friends to help us overcome the trauma of come play. Mm-hmm. So if you have seen the movie and have opinions on it, maybe you really like the movie. Please let us know what you liked. You can send us your opinions and thoughts to our Facebook page, Instagram page, Twitter page, whatever we've got. You're on top of that stuff, Matty D. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. So many ways you can contact us. As many ways as Larry was able to contact the people in this movie. <laughs> nice. So before we wrap it up for another week, let's discuss what we're going to be talking about next week. And of course, as is standard, we're going back to predict a movie. Now, this is one that I think we should possibly team up to predict Matty D because we did a fairly oh, yeah. decent job with the previous movie in this series, but I'm not sure how we're going to do with this latest installment. Because next week, we're talking about the follow-up to Knives Out, Glass Onion. Yeah, let's let's team up. I think we're going to have to, because it's going to be that's, another murder mystery. That's too hard for us. And yeah, we did a pretty good job with Knives Out, but I can't see lightning striking twice in the same place, so... Uh, and if anything, if this episode proves anything, we are somewhat decent at predicting movies when we work together. Well, we got more right than we got yeah, wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm leaning on here. So maybe we can use those abilities to... Well, we're better, we're better predictors well, here's now. Here's what I lean on. The fact that in these episodes, even if we don't agree with something, usually we'll say something that is right in That's the episode. That's right. Yeah, so. of course. Let's ignore our Halloween <laughs> ends episode entirely. But yeah, let's, let's move on from that. Right. Well, so, not everyone can be a winner, right? So watch the trailer for Glass Onion. I think it looks like it's going to be a pretty interesting movie. And then, yeah, join us next week when we talk all about it. We'll see you then. He's such a loser. Is he having a heart attack? He totally is. We're supposed to call 911. Dude, dude, listen. That's just how he talks. Moner boner. <laughs>